Early in the week, it was asked for the scripture and the text, and we're going to go to Acts chapter 9, uh, verse 36, but I'm going to throw you a little curveball and first read a portion of Zechariah. Uh, you, you just, I invite you to listen along to that, and then we'll, we'll flip forward to Acts chapter 9, um, starting with verse 36, and, uh, and moving down to the end of the chapter in Acts chapter 9. But hear first the word of God from Zechariah chapter 8, starting with verse 4. It says, I'm sorry, starting with verse verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. This is what the Lord says. I will return to Zion. I will dwell in Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be called The holy city, the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with cane in hand because of his age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. The word of God, amen. I invite you now to flip forward to the gospel, I'm sorry, the the book of Acts, chapter 9, starting with verse 36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lida was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lida, they sent two men to him and urged him, please, come at once. But Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room, got down on his knees, and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand, helped her to her feet, And he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. It's the word of God. Amen? Let's let's pray one more time. Lord, guide us by the power of your word and by the power of your spirit, that in your light we'll see light. Guide us by the power of your word and by the power of your spirit, that in your truth we'll find freedom. Guide us by the power of your word and by your Holy Spirit, that in your will we will discover peace. Lord, when your word and your people come together, things change. Transformation happens. And pray that even tonight, we could be transformed by the power of your word, by the power of your spirit. I love you, Lord. We thank you again. And don't take this for granted, to be able to worship together and hear your word together. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. I want to start tonight by, uh, you seem like a nice group of people, uh, and so I want to start tonight by, by giving you a confession. Can, can I do that? Can I confess to you? Okay, I'm going to. Uh, you know, we come every, I don't know when it is, it must be March, maybe February, uh, but, but we come every February, and when we come... The praise team is up there praising, and we're clapping and worshiping, and 
I get up and preach, and we try to fellowship the best that we can together, and we stir up these stories from Roseland, and we tell you about all that God is doing in Roseland, and then with great energy and enthusiasm, we, we come and do this year after year, not, not just here, but other places, and I shared some of that the last time, that go to Sioux Center, we, we had a banquet last week, and do the same thing there, you're, you're sharing these stories with all sorts of friends from all around the, the country, really, and you're sharing these stories, and, and the enthusiasm is, is, is way up there, and it's high, and the praise is up there, and the stories are, are remarkable, and you're, you're doing this, and, and, and my confession is that while none of that is disingenuous, None of that is fake. It's not, it's not a show. It's not put on. It's not a dog and pony show. While, while none of it is fake, I, I, have to, I have to confess to you that sometimes when, when we leave here, when the music stops, and later maybe that night I'm dropping folks off in the bus, which, by the way, uh, Pastor, Pastor, where, where, where's Mr. There you are. Yes. Yes. Um, it, yeah. It, it, it's not so bad that everyone's not here because I end up driving folks home that night and, and sometimes it could be a long night. But, but every, everyone's home and you're dropping people off and the music stops and the stories are over. I, I have to confess to you that sometimes, sometimes it seems like things aren't really changing at all. Sometimes it seems like the dark is almost so prevalent and heavy that it's blocking out the light. A phone call in the middle of the night, another young person shot. Discouraging. You start to lose heart. Your heart breaks a little bit. You work with volunteer groups all summer long. There'll be groups coming from Calvin College, and there'll be groups coming from Pella, and all across the Midwest, and everywhere. They come, and, and we'll rehab houses, right? And we've rehabbed 60 houses through the years, and, and we beat that drum all the time. But in the same amount of time, 120 houses have gone into foreclosure. You rehab 60, 160 go into foreclosure, 120 go into foreclosure, and your heart breaks a little bit. You get a little discouraged. One step up, two steps back. We raise money and, and invest in kids, and some of those kids, you've spent time with them, shared the gospel with them, loved Loved the family, loved, loved everyone that you could there, and some of the kids still end up in prison. And your heart breaks a little bit more. You, you build something, only to watch someone else come along and, and, and smash it down. And, and my confession to you is that sometimes, with all the praise, the enthusiasm, the excitement is real, sometimes the reality for us, and I don't think it's just us, is that when the music stops, it can all be so lonely and heartbreaking. The reality is that work, that ministry, that the call of discipleship, people of God, the reality is that, that sometimes you can get discouraged and it can grind you down. Sometimes you can get ground down to where you stop seeing with eyes of redemption and you start to see with eyes of despair. And I have found that when you get wore down, like that, when your body is wore out, your soul is tired, positive thinking, think happy thoughts, doesn't cut deep enough into your soul to, to get you back up off the valley of the shadow of death. And when your heart is breaking and, and your body feels bruised and your soul is bleeding, cliches, even if they're good cliches, 
It's not enough to get you back up off the ground and put one foot in front of the other. There needs to be something more that, that, that lifts you back up when you get in that dark place. That there needs to be something more that, that pulls you up off the ground, that, 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 that lifts you back up and puts you moving one foot in front of the other. Something deeper that can pull you and community together to get up and, and, and not, not to die and give up, but, but to live and to keep going. Something deeper that, that gives you eyes to see the kingdom. Something deeper. I want to suggest tonight, and again, I didn't find this. I feel like these are, these are truths which serving a church, being a pastor, have been gifts that have been given to me and to you. But, but, but I want to suggest tonight that, that we have two great resources and one great responsibility in terms of getting back up off the ground when we're beat down like that. Amen? The first resource that you have, people of God, and you might not, and I, again, I preach this a little bit differently in Rosen, but you may not have a dollar in your pocket. You might only have debt and worry and anxiety, and you might only, you feel like, 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 like all you've got is trouble. But one resource that you have, that everyone here has, is, is you have the stories of God's people. You might be in a bad place, but someone here has a story of God doing something in their life. And if that person shares their story with you, that changes things. When I hear your story of what God has done in your life, that doesn't just become words on a piece of paper. It doesn't just become a, a neat story. But the word becomes flesh in your life, incarnate. And if that's true, and if God was active in your life, and I'm down there, but I hear your story, even if I'm in that dark, despairing place, that pulls me back up. It may be just an inch, but it gets me up off the ground. To, to think that if God was active, working in your life, then, then maybe, just maybe, God can be and will be active again in my life. Everybody here, again, I don't care what's going on in your life. I do care what's going on in your life. But, 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 but no matter how hard it may be, you have a resource in this room. We, we sometimes, at Roseland, again, we, when you count your resources, you, you look at things differently depending on where you are. But everybody has assets. Right? You got assets. It doesn't matter if it's a building. But, but we get people all the time say, listen, I was just a drug addict. I don't know. You do have something. You have a story about how you once were a drug addict and now you're not anymore. I don't have that. You do. And if you share that story with someone, you could lead them to Christ in a way that owning a building or owning a car wouldn't. Right? You got that story. Use that story. Let, let, let me tell you guys a story, if, if you allow me to share it with you. There's a woman named Miss Love. Her name's Vivian Love. That's a great name. Vivian Love. Three years ago, she was living in shelters all around the city of Chicago. She bounced around from shelter to shelter to shelter to shelter, found her way, bounced to two Roseland Christian ministries on 109th in Michigan. Well, I went upstairs one Wednesday or Thursday. There's like a craft night with the kids in the shelter, so I'm doing a craft with the kids. 
um, and, and one of her daughters just jumped right in and, and, and wanted to talk and get to know, and, and she was wonderful. And a lot of the kids that are in the shelter are already sort of beat down by life and standoffish. They're too cool. They don't want to hang out with you. They're, whatever. But this girl was so warm and gregarious and just wonderful. And so all of a sudden, their family gets connected. They start coming to church every Sunday. They are going to pro everything that they could do. They are there. They are connected. And, and Miss Love has done... Um, trying her best to put, to put food on the table for her kids, to take care of her family, um, and just has failed in some ways. Just, just things fell apart. Anyway, they get connected to the church. One Sunday, her and her four daughters, Vivian Love and her four daughters, they, they say to me and to the council, listen, we, we, we don't want to just be this family in the shelter that you kind of pity. We want to be members of your church. We want to join Rosal Christian Reformed Church. We want to stand up with you here and be part of this community together. We believe in this God that you're sharing. So they stand up and join the church, right? Wonderful story in and of itself. Well, after they joined the church, they reached a time limit where they could no longer stay in our shelter. So nothing we could do about it. They had to move. They moved to Pacific Garden. You know where that is? 16th and Canal, 14th and Canal, somewhere over there. They have a new building. Well, the history of Pacific Garden, they've, they've never... If you live in Pacific Garden, you have to go to their church. No exceptions to the rule. Well, somehow, the first Sunday that they moved back into Pacific Garden, here they are, front row of Rosen Christian Reformed Church worshiping God. Well, that's pretty incredible, right? The next day is Monday. Now, Pacific Garden, again, it's on Canal on 16th or 14th. We're on 109th in Michigan. They took two buses and one train to get there. Monday, we've got an after-school program. Who's there? All four kids. They leave their school, get on a bus, get on a train, and make it to an after-school program. Tuesday, the same. Wednesday, the same. Thursday, the same. And we all think, oh, what a wonderful church we are. They keep coming back here. Now, again, they're homeless. They've been homeless for four years. And somewhere along the way, and I don't think this is just us at Rosen Christian Reformed Church, we're not always good at connecting the Bible with our lives, right? Well, somewhere along the way, we read the story of the lost sheep, right? The shepherd that goes back for the one. And somewhere, one of our deacons said, hey, it's almost like the love family. Like, they're this one family, and they're homeless, and, and they keep coming back, but we haven't really gone back to come and, and get them. What are we doing to make sure that they're not taking two buses while kids are getting shot across the city and not doing this? What can we do? And so we prayed to God. And in that, we went to Miss Love and said, listen, Miss Love, we have an apartment right here in Rosal. Someone has to pay for it. Like, we, we just need that for the sake of, if we don't do that, we'll just have free places all through Roseland. It's happened before. Uh, so we said, we got an apartment here. We're going to find a church that's going to pay your rent for one year. In that year, you and your kids, all you got to do is walk one block to, to, to church, to, to, to whatever, to all the programs there. But in that time, when you're not looking for a job, you are going to volunteer at the church. And so that's what she does, right? And they move on, on a Tuesday night. They all join. Uh, we, we help them move. They move into this block and rolls. They move into the house. And she turns and she says, this is the first time our families had Christmas together in our own space in five years. So there they are, family doing this. Well, eight months later, and let me, let me say this, the amount of people who said, you know what, if you do that, uh, they're just going to use you, Pastor. They're just going to take advantage of you. You shouldn't be that nice. Make, make her work. She'll, whatever. Eight months later, she comes to me and says, Pastor, I got a job. You can tell that church they can at least keep their last four months money. Uh, I got a job. I can pay my own rent. That was almost a year ago. She's not missed payment once on her rent. Not, not, not once. 
Uh, she's never asked for any additional support, never asked for, for any additional uh, money to keep the lights or bills on. Um, and, and she's not enabled, she's empowered. She works, she pays, she takes care of her family. All of that happened. I'm not doing a commercial for Rosalind. All of that happened because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. God worked that out. And now when Miss Love shares her story, remember I said you get in that dark, lonely place? When, when, when Miss Love shares her story, that, that, that gives me a light beyond any darkness that might be in my life. When, when Miss Love shares her story, when she shares that story, it, it encourages me, that, that, that pulls me up, it lifts me back up, it lifts the people of God back up. Because I know that God is so incredible that he went back for that one lost sheep. Amen? Reverend Tony used to talk about little signs of, of the kingdom, little signposts of the kingdom, right? God's kingdom is coming. And sometimes it doesn't look like it, but you look for little signposts that show you that it's coming. Your stories, God's people's stories, are little signposts of God's kingdom. You're down, dark, lonely, hard place. The stories of God's people are a resource. Amen? But there's more. There's much, much, much more. Not only is there just power in your stories, but more importantly, there is great, awesome, life-giving power in God's Word. I, I didn't know that like, as a kid. I didn't even know how to read the Bible. You know what I mean? I, I'd hear sermons and things like that, but I didn't know that this, this, this Word of God will give you life, will, will give you energy, will give you the, 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 the soul force to get back up and to keep going. J Jerusalem, in the passage from, from Zechariah, Jerusalem was smashed apart. Temple destroyed. City busted up. The smart folks, they took off. Made them slaves somewhere else. Half, half ransacked. The, the holy city looked like a holy mess. And the people were down, down to the point that when they got their freedom, they didn't want to go home. They said, I'll, I'll just settle right over this way. Home isn't what it used to be. It's a mess over there in Jerusalem. What's the point? My, my house is probably burned down. What's the point of going to Jerusalem? More memories of, of death, more burned out buildings, robbers and thieves waiting to pray on us. There's nothing to go to anymore. Just an old hill and an old burned out church and things looked awful. If you had a dime, you wouldn't have invested it there. Not, not anymore. It was, it was dead. And I don't know what could be more discouraging than to have your home burned out and, and know that you don't even want to go back there, that you'll just settle somewhere else. But, but it was in that dark, despairing, discouraging, awful place that God spoke. And when God spoke, everything changed. God said to a people that didn't want to go home, he said, I'm going to go back there. He said, I'm going to go to Zion. I'm going to return to Jerusalem. And, and when I go back, they're not going to call it the abandoned city. They're not going to call it the city that you want to avoid. They're not going to call it the city that, that has nothing good about it. When, when I go back there, they're going to call it the faithful city. And, and, and that, that, that hill on the, on the edge of town, they're not going to call it that hill, that garbage heap. When I go back, the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. 
And, 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 and you know, people don't want to go there because they say you die young in Jerusalem. But when I go back there, this is God speaking, that there's going to be men and women who live to see a ripe old age. Because I will be there. And I'll keep them safe. And that city that's not so safe, where, where, where you don't want boys and girls out, guess what? I'm going to be there and there'll be boys and girls playing out on the streets. You see, in, 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 a, in a place of death and destruction and discouragement, all it takes, all it takes is a word from God. And everything changes. Into a dark void, God spoke, let there be light. And a world was created. In a world where God's people were, were slaves, they had nothing. And Egypt had everything, the, the chariots, the, the, the swords, the, the spears, all of that. All it took was a word from God, let my people go, and everything changed. To, to a dead, stinking Lazarus, God spoke, Lazarus, get up, and a dead man got up and changed. And I'm here to tell you, people of God, all it takes, all it takes is for God to speak a word. And everything, everything, everything changes. No matter how bad things may look, no matter how bad things may be, no matter how bad things may seem, the God in the Bible speaks, and when that God speaks, everything changes. And I believe God speaks today. I don't know what that sounds like. I don't know if it's an audible voice. I don't know if it's a series of events. I don't know. But I know God exists, and I know God speaks. And I know if you're in a dark place, God's word speaks. And God's, works, God's word will speak to you. And everything will change. Discouraged, down. Where do you go? You go to hear the stories of God's people, what God's done in each other's lives. And you go to God's word, because when God speaks, everything changes. Amen? I'm really parched. Tonight, so I'm very thankful for the water. It's refreshing. But here's the final deal. I said there's two resources and one responsibility. Here's the final deal. The final deal for this, anyways. It's it's not all Jesus, I'm down, help me, help me, help me. Jesus, help me, help me, help me. I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. It's not all about you getting restored and getting lifted back up. God has already done that in your life. Make it down again, God pull you back up again and down again. There's more to it than just that. In tonight's story from Acts, this is after Easter. Jesus had died. Jesus had risen. Jesus had ascended. And the Holy Spirit had come down. And here's Peter. Peter gets called to a place of death. To, to a place of sorrow. There's, there's widows crying, telling stories about, oh, the good old days when she was making robes for us. And he gets called to this place of death and grief. Again, he, he, he's, he's been through a lot. He's followed Jesus. He's denied Jesus. He's been through all of these events. But, but it says in verse 39, he went with them. When he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying, showing him the robes. And he got down on his knees and he prayed. He's in this place of death. And look at what he does. He gets on his knees. He prays. And, and again, think of, if you can use your mind's eye to imagine, he's up in a room, 
there's a dead body in front of him. He's in a place of death. And he gets down, he prays to this God who he has seen resurrected. He's seen this God die, and he's seen this God resurrected. He prays, and he finally gets up and says, Tabitha, and in our translation we read says, get up. Another translation says, rise up. And the point I want to make is this. You've already been redeemed. You've been lifted up. Even that dark place, you've, you've been lifted up. You, you have a responsibility today. Like Peter. You have a responsibility to not get stale. Just be content that you've been saved. Just be content that you've been redeemed. Just be content that you've been restored. No, you have a responsibility to go and preach and live and proclaim. Let it just sweat out of your pores resurrection in this world. We have a responsibility to go out and in upper rooms where there's a Tabitha laying dead and people crying. We have the audacity to say, rise up. Peter, like you, had issues. You have issues, by the way. I'm letting you know as your therapist tonight. Peter wasn't as bold as he wanted to be. Peter probably didn't feel fit to be a leader in this new church movement. Peter had a past. Peter made mistakes. Peter probably could get down in the dumps. Peter could be pretentious sometimes. Peter had issues. And yet, here was Peter walking around healing and raising life where there was death. And that's your job. Your job as followers of Jesus Christ is to go out and proclaim and to preach resurrection everywhere that you go. A final story for you. Tony Vinzanton, Reverend Tony, affectionately known, you know who he is? Everyone knows, that's all like eight people just smile. Um, one of my heroes and one of my mentors. There's a photograph of him, I don't know where it is now, but I remember seeing it when I came as an intern, of him in a big old abandoned building on 109th and Michigan. I say it was abandoned, it was, it was the Back to God Hour, and I think CRWRC had upstairs, but this building that, it, it was abandoned, and they called him to do something, right? And just called him and said, here's a building uh, in the community that had moved out of Roseland, hired him and said, said can, can you do something? And there's a picture of him sitting in a chair, and there's nothing in the building, right? Just nothing there. Uh, there's no real relationships with Christian Reformed Church in that community anymore at that point in time. Just an abandoned building and a man sitting in it. Well, a few weeks after the picture was taken, his wife and his two kids, Cammie and Kent, moved from Patterson, New Jersey, and they start to get to know kids in the community, right? Kids start to play basketball with their kids. Uh, Miss Vance starts to teach a Bible study. Some women come. Reverend Tony just uses charisma and personality and, and all that he had. And, and all of a sudden, ministries emerge, right? And, and a community emerges, and a church grows, and, and more ministries grow. And, and where there once was an abandoned building, I've got pictures in that same spot where he's sitting all by himself, where there's seriously two, three hundred kids just running around. And where there once were these distant race 
relations where there's, where there's black folks and white folks who don't want to be by each other in Roseland, 1976. Now, you got folks worshiping together, and you got a pastor and, and, and wife who are black and white, and you got all sorts of folks who come there black and white together, worshiping and fellowshipping together. Where, 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 where there was nothing, now there's something. Where there once was death, there was now life. Sort of like Peter going up into a room and saying, rise up. People of God, you have the power and the responsibility to proclaim resurrection, Jesus' resurrection in this world. I don't know that you're going to go start a Roseland Christian ministry. I don't know that you're going to go start an organization. But there's some corner of your life, a relationship that's dead that doesn't need to be. Something at work that's dead and not, not the way it needs to be. And it's your responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ to preach and to proclaim Jesus' resurrection in those places. People of God, rise up.